Hey y'all, I'm Erin Bagwell. And I'm Diana Matthews. Welcome to Feminist Wednesday's Beaver Talk, the podcast where we give Hollywood unsolicited advice about feminism. And our world secretary, Hillary Clinton, is our new co-working maid at the wing. I have a monthly coffee date with Deborah Messing. And Diana bit Beyonce. Join us as we deep dive into all the things that fire us up about film and television. The glorious, the misogynistic, and the groundbreaking. This is Beaver Beaver Talk. Talk. Diana, do you want to formally apologize to the people? Why am I formally apologizing? For biting Beyonce. I'm not sorry. <laughs> I ain't sorry. Oh I ain't boy. sorry. Oh, boy. Um, that's a really weird thing that's happening in the media right now. Yeah. Well, moving on. What are, what are, what are you into? <laughs> what have you been watching? Did you see? What your, an awkward segue we just did. Did you see Ready Player One? Of course. Was I saw it good all or the no? stupid movies that are out right now. No, it sucked. Um, here's the thing. So the whole thing about it is it's 80s nostalgia. Uh-huh. I'm not nostalgic for the 80s. I came along in 91. Yeah. So I'm like, girl, already this isn't working for me. Mm-hmm. That's okay, though. Um, my thing about Ready Player One is that it, so the main character is this, like, white guy who's just so boring. And he's so, they didn't write a character for him. And I was thinking a lot about why that is. And I kind of wondered if it's maybe so audiences can project onto him and kind of like see themselves in him so he doesn't have a lot going on himself. But I'm like, holy Jesus, I'm supposed to follow this entire movie for a character that like is thin, is so thin on the ground. And I just, Mm. it made me mad because Hollywood just assumes that we all want to identify with white men. Now we're not even writing characters for them. We just think that this is such a given already. How is Lena Waithe in it? She's good. The the she's good. I mean, the script itself is just so bad that not <laughs> even she could do anything with it. It's just really thin. Okay. And I think Steven Spielberg really wanted to make this movie. I think he had all of the nostalgia in the it world. It seems like a cool premise. It's a really cool premise that for me was just like fun and forgettable. Great. And I wasn't even having that much fun. Okay. Yeah, so Ready Player One is not Anything really great that you saw recently? I saw A Quiet Place with John Krasinski and Emily Blunt. <gasps> Another horror movie. No. I've lost my mind. That yeah, you should not. Spooky. You should not. No, I don't want to. No. Looks, the, the trailer scares me. Yeah. Looks no, beautiful. It's terrifying. Oh, um, and she gives birth in that bathtub. Oh my, she did that in one take, by the way. That entire scene. I'm going to throw one up. One take. Wow. Um, but it's real scary. Are they married or did I make yeah, that up? Okay. They have two kids together. Cool. Um, How fun to do a movie together. Oh, come on. And he so said he was fun. terrified because she's so good. And he's <gasps> oh, I like, love I need to step up my game as a director to get on her level. He directed it? He directed it. He co-wrote it and he produced it. Isn't he starring in it too? Correct. Wow. It's like he wanted to make this so badly that he just like. Did it all. Did it all. Congratulations to you. That's a lot it's of work. It's a huge movie. It's wow. a huge movie for him. It looks great, but I won't see it. The premise is so cool, like needing to be quiet because these things like hunt you if you make any sound. Mm-hmm. And they cast, so one of their daughters in it is deaf, and they cast a deaf girl um, in the film, and he really wanted to be intentional about that because, do you want me to tell you the ending? Sure. Spoiler alert, Emily Blunt and her daughter end up saving the day. So the women are the heroes of the story. Amazing. And... Um, he wanted her 
to have that be a part of her world because it's it plays such a vital role in her character. And I was just like, come on. I love it. It's such a great, I mean, it, talking about it now, I'm like, it's such a great contrast to Ready Player One. Like, they're not the same thing, but just the intentionality around A Quiet Place of casting and um, the payoff at the end and the characters versus Ready Player One, which is like, oh, here's this boring white guy that everybody can just get on board with. Do we with. see flashbacks and stuff, or are we all just in the world? You just have to get in. Okay. They don't explain anything. It's fine. Who cares? They don't explain how anything is happening. Yeah. They only explain one thing about the sound itself. And why they have to be quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, it's not even why they have to be quiet. It's why some sounds are okay and others are <gasps> So creepy. So it's really interesting because I think that that's what's so powerful about the film is they just bring you into it. And then it's just scary as hell for the entire time. And these like poor little kids are being hunted. Oh, my God. And the parents are just sacrificing everything to keep them safe my heart is breaking yeah it's a really big one and then there's the scene between emily blunt and john krasinski um where she's like who are we like if we can't keep them safe that's a line in the trailer it's chilling it's just so much wow yeah and there's hard like there's not any dialogue they only have dialogue for one scene so it's really really powerful cool yeah you look like you're gonna cry (laughs) i'm a little tired Um, what else are you seeing? I just thought I was making you sob. I saw Isle of Dogs. You know what? I'm glad you brought this up because I was really all in on seeing it. And like, I even got tickets to go see Wes Anderson talk with, um, that other guy, Jason Schwartzman, which would have been really fun, but Mm -hmm. got canceled because of the snow. But then I just got really sad because I read an article about how Wes Anderson has never had like a female protagonist. And I was just like, and the movie's just all these male dogs and we have like one girl dog trope and I just it makes me a little sad I like Wes Anderson and I feel like he could do better yeah I I don't like Wes Anderson typically what? his style is so whimsical and fun I and like, like his style but yeah. I don't connect to anything he's doing really yeah hot take wow and I yeah I just I find him kind of untouchable and I think that's really a problematic thing for somebody what do you mean by untouchable you can't criticize him like everyone is just like there's such a like holiness around him i just did <laughs> beaver talk you heard it here first but he's getting a lot of flack for isle of dogs being like quite culturally appropriative and um just all those kind of aspects which i think i'm like good like let's like i just feel like we need to like, like kill our darlings kinda, a little bit i feel like he's kind of un. i, th- I think you're right i think there is this cult love I think the audience loves Wes Anderson, but I feel like he's he's not nominated ever for any Academy Awards. Like I think he's quite overlooked in the establishment. I just know that whenever he's brought up, there's like this oh well, about people it. have a weird Bill Murray thing, and it, it's kind of the same as um, is it Quentin Tarantino? Remember that article that was like these are the things I've learned about Quentin Tarantino from the men I've dated. <laughs> like there's like a little bit of that idling that happens. Yeah, I think that we need to like be able to actually talk about these guys and I find with Wes Anderson you really can't like talk about him it's just kind of like nope he's great moving on like I'm just like well like let's investigate that though yeah gender being one of the things that just is not there for me totally um but I all the dogs was cute I thought it was oh that was cute I liked it I don't know if I can want to see it anymore I've kind of changed my own mind about it I think you should I'm not into it. I don't want to watch any more male protagonist movies. I like don't. I'll enjoy never going to movies again. (laughs) I really don't want to. Like, I'm so sick of it. Yeah. It's really, we're going to have five like dog characters. We can't, like, it just, it makes me angry. There's Scarlett Johansson. She plays Nutmeg. Great. 
We got one. And I'm sure she has to like up. And and uh, Greta Gerwig is in it and Frances McDormand. But oh, Diana. it's problematic. I don't disagree. It makes me sad. I know. We got to start writing stuff. Which is why I'm only watching The Housewives now on television. <laughs> Have you turned on anything else this week, Erin? I mean, it's only getting worse. Yeah. I'll tell you. I'm Now I'm watching Vanderpump Rules, which yeah. is like a spinoff of a housewife show, which Rihanna is watching. So I feel less awful about it, but it's not aspirational. These bartenders are making like $30,000 a year and their shitty apartments and their awful lives are on TV and it's like the best television I've ever seen. It's, it's incredible. Okay. They go out to dinner and they're just like shots, 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 shots. Like they, it's the, the alcohol these 40 year olds can consume is bananas. <laughs> and then like mayhem ensues. <laughs> I you can't it. stop watching. It's like distract, like car wreck after car wreck. Oh my god, why? It's fabulous. Why is it? F- what do you like? I don't. What's fabulous? I don't like. It's like you. I don't like the housewives are more aspirational. You know, they have like tons of money and they're on jets and they have makeup artists and it's like it's very pretty, and it's like very like it's more like you can choose people that you really like and identify with. And with this show. I was told that you shouldn't like anybody. You need to go into it like just as a character study of like garbage people. And that's what it is. Yikes. It is, it's a lot. It's very stressful. What do you think? Is this like a phase of your life that you're in that you like are finding it cathartic to watch garbage, garbage people? I feel like we're in a weird like middle space with television because I feel like I'm already watching like The Good Place and like all of the Hulu shows that come out on Wednesdays or whatever it is. But then it's like, what's going to fill the rest of my week? I feel like I I'm consume content at such a rapid speed that I feel like I'm always getting like a Housewives or a Vanderpump or like it's they churn it out so fast. Yeah. There's like 40 episodes a season. I'm stressed out for you. I love it. And Sal's like obsessed with New York City Housewives. Obsessed. What does he like? I'm just like, I just want more. I just want to know, like, you're not naming the thing that, like, you love. I feel like we're talking, like, around the thing that you love. I mean, I think you, I think in the way that, like, you love Sex in the City because you're like, oh, they're my friends. Yeah. These are your crazy friends. Okay. And you're like, oh, like, I miss, like, Luann's insanity and Bethany's crazy. Like, you miss so them. So you like the drama of it. You just like them. Okay. And there is a lot of drama. Yeah. Okay. And they make really funny decisions. Like you're just, you can judge from a place of like, of safety. Mm, that's so interesting. I feel like you should meet one of them. Should I? Yep. I, I think don't, you gotta. You think so? I think so. I think you gotta meet well, one of them. Well, I mean, they're in New York. It's my dream for you. Really? Meet Bethany. Oh boy. Yeah. I think that. <laughs> I'm gonna go work for her. I'm gonna become an intern at Skinny Girl. I don't think that's See you guys. Yeah, wow, wow, (laughs) bye forever. I found my career path. Yep, here we go. Yeah. Also, have you seen Atlanta? Yeah. You have? Yeah. How come you have not shamed me about watching it? It's great. Because why am I not watching that show? It's a little slow, but I heard this season is like phenomenal. I was watching the first season and it takes, I'm really bad with first seasons of anything unless it's Mrs. Maisel because it's slow. <laughs> I always find them to be like a little. Really? I take a long time to get into TV. Interesting. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's I can give I give TV a lot of patience. I don't know why. I hold it in a totally different like area than movies. Yeah. And if a movie is not good, like I hate it. But yeah. if a television show is awful, I'll give it like four seasons. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I have like such a different threshold. Yeah. Is it like the casualness of TV? 
Do you feel that way when you watch movies at home? Or can you stick it out for movies at home? No, I can't. Oh. I think there's such a respect I have for filmmaking. Yeah. That for some reason does, which is, it takes a long time to make a television show. Yeah. I don't know why it doesn't. It's not the same. Not the same. No. Okay. What, what do you like about Atlanta? You know what it is about movies? They're, okay. they're so, <laughs> going back to this point, they're so consolidated that you have 60 minutes or, you know, 90 minutes or however long to get it right. And it has to be like methodical beginning, middle, and end. You need to know the structure. We need to know where we're diving into. And I think in my brain, it's like the producers and the directors need to know where they're at at all times. You only have that time. It's so short. Mm-hmm. Whereas a television show can expand, it can evolve, it can change. So there's mm-hmm. more room to grow in a way. And so if it's fumbling or it's like still figuring out its legs, I could be there for it while it figures it out. Whereas movies, you can't figure it out. You either nail it or you don't. Right. Yeah. That's so true. I think that's, yeah, I think that hits it. Interesting. Um, can we talk? Drop the pen. <laughs> can we talk about, Kent just looked up like something went wrong. <laughs> um, can we talk about the elephant, the queer eye in the room? Oh, my God. Aaron bought me a haircut with Jonathan Van Ness. What? what? It was everything I wanted it to be and so much more. I don't even know where to start with okay, describing Okay, let's this. preface this by saying I was doing some Googling and I was like, you know, Jonathan does haircuts in New York and you're like, you like really like Jonathan. So I was like, do you think he like, you could just call him and book an appointment? <laughs> and I literally Googled, it was like not even a regular article. It was like a Huffington Post article with a link to another link with the salon's name. And then I called the salon and they're like, we have two appointments this month, like this date and this date. And I was like trying to play it so cool. And I was like, okay, great. Well, like, let me get back to you. I'm booking it for like my da-da-da-da-da. I think I said you were like my boss or something. I'm booking an appointment for someone Aww. and I'll get back to you. And I was like screaming and I was like, I can't believe this. And then I got the date. And then when I told you, I deeply regret not recording our conversation. Oh my God. But I was like, I'm Oprah and you have an appointment and this is what's happening. Yeah, it was it so was, fun. It was really emotional for me. It, it was like, <laughs> I was so nervous. I knew Mary's sister was visiting from Dallas and we were like hanging out in the day before. Um, and she was just like, this is going to be so fun. Like, I'm excited for you. And I was I like, was I'm freaking dying. out for you. Yeah, I was like, but I'm dying though. Because like, he is everything. And I, I just loved him so much on the show. And since the show, I've been like deep diving his podcast, Game of Thrones. Like I've just been, I just really like him. Yeah. <laughs> like his whole energy. So I felt like I was like. You and the rest of the world have really fallen He's really love. having a moment. Mm-hmm. And that's also, that also made me nervous because I was like. You don't know what you're going to get. Yeah. I was like it's holding so space scary for. scary to meet your idols. Yeah. And plus this is his job. Like I'm not meeting him at an event. This is his job. Right. So I was a little bit holding space for it just kind of being like cute pleasant whatever fine and it turned out to be groundbreaking mm. <laughs> it was so great did you bring him the plant i brought him a little uh terrarium of succulents because You're so cute did he die yeah because he had a big week he had his birthday he had um queer i got renewed for season two like i met him that week so i was just like you know what like let's just do this um and his mom was there his so sweet cool. sweet mom we talked about our my wedding um, Jonathan and I talked about abundance and scarcity and it's funny cause he, at the beginning was like, he is who he is. Like he's just a very, very out there person, but he was, he kind of like warmed up to me, which was something that like was really nice. Like we, 
he's very good at like breaking the ice and like doing funny things and like it was just such a delight and that was his last cut of the day so we took time like taking pictures together he lint rolled me from like head to toe i know betty you better go on diana's instagram to see her photo with jonathan it was so much fun um so thank you thank you for that experience because for sure it was such a new york experience and he has really like changed a lot for me like it sounds so silly but like (laughs) he really inspires me his podcast is so fiercely positive and he has we talked about him like he's like I just want to teach people I just want to learn and I want to teach and I want it to just like I want my whole platform to be like you know bringing more attention to issues bringing more um balanced opinions like he's like I just really want there to be like this resurgence of learning and teaching each other. And I get so much of it as podcast, which is called Getting Curious with Jonathan, Jonathan Manness. And every week he, ta- or every second week he tackles um, just a topic he's curious about. So he did one about chronic pain. He did one about women in the military. He did one about growing up in China. Like it's fabulous. And I just loved it. I loved every minute of it. Amazing. Ugh. Well, that's exciting. Where do we even go from there? I don't even know. Oh, so building upon that, I'm just kind of going to stay in the LGBTQ vein. Please do. Lena Waithe on the cover of Vanity Fair. The article is phenomenally gorgeous. I know you cried reading it. It's written by Jacqueline Woodson. And the quote that they pulled is, I don't need an Emmy to tell me to go to work. Which is the exact tone of how this article starts. Can I read for you the introduction? Please do. An excerpt from. I'm going to s- settle in here. <laughs> settle in. Everybody gather around. Cross your legs. Settle in for story time. In your life, if you're lucky enough, you are born during a moment in, when, in time when the world is ready for the change you're bringing. So all that's left for you to do is your work. If you are a child named Lena Waithe, you find your passion on the television screen, or as you call it, your third parent. Already you know there isn't a mirror the television is holding up to you. There isn't a child like you on the screen. Not in the 1990s. Not yet. You're clear-eyed and queer from the womb, born as part of a larger narrative. That is the Great Migration. Already there is resistance running through your veins. Already at seven, you know your dream. So you gather a posse around you, and in your 20s, you move to California. Thirsty, eager, ready. Slowly, the bigger world begins to see you. We see you, Lena Waithe. We see you. Aww. How beautiful. That's the introduction, and the whole profile is stunning wow what a gift of love she gets into you know her upbringing in chicago she gets into what it was like to be brought on to master of none does she, she talk about aziz yeah she she talks about i think she just it's not in the article because i think they did the interview before everything happened okay. but she made a statement saying defending him okay. essentially um but the whole profile it's just like i'm so inspired by creators who are like flying in the face of Everything that the structure has to offer them or not offer them, everything the structure has to just like basically continue to overlook them. And she talks about like Issa Rae's poster is bigger than Sarah Jessica Parker's now. And she just talks about how like she's like, we are taking over. She's like, this is a change. Have you seen Issa Rae in the Drake video? Yeah, isn't Olivia Wilde in that video too? Yeah, and Tracy Ellis Ross. Yeah, he copied Copeland. Yeah. Like, Jay-Z already did this on his album. Oh, really? With Ava DuVernay. Well, we didn't see it. It was on title. <laughs> this is what he keeps messing up. It's like, well, I didn't watch it. I, I watched know. this one. I know. And it was great. Everyone's giving Drake credit. And I'm like, Jay-Z, 
Come on. He had Mindy Kaling. He had um, Taraji P. Henson. He had Beyonce. He had, like, everybody. Everybody came out for it, but now Drake's done it, too. Well, Drake put it on YouTube, so there you go. Anyways, um, this profile, I encourage everybody to go out and get the Vanity Fair um, for April because it's a gorgeous profile of Lena Waithe. A name we should all know and be talking about constantly. I love it. And I need to check out The Shy because I haven't actually done that yet. Cool. So I wanted to plug that because that's just like a good piece of reading material when you're getting your hair done by Jonathan Van Ness. Another good piece of reading material is you and I went to see Cecile Richards speak about Making Trouble, her new memoir. Yeah, we can't say a lot about this because we're going to do an episode about the book. Well, I haven't read the book yet, so what we can When you do, we're going to do an episode about it. (laughs) I'm almost done it and I... I just love, love, love that woman. I'm, like, really obsessed with her. Yeah. Like, deeply, madly in love with her. Yeah. Like, she's, like, up there with Gloria Steinem for me of, like, people who have been doing the work for such a long time. I really am attracted to her ability to – she kind of reminds me of, like, this – like, I don't know, like a ship in the night. Like, she's able to kind of balance her personality, her – herself with kind of the activism in such a way that's so like flawless feeling Mm -hmm. and like such a way of somebody who's been in the public space her whole life which she has been yeah and those Planned Parenthood trials I mean my god we should I I mean I I, I've texted you this before but she got a text message from one of her friends during those trials that was basically like made the force and the anger of women throughout history ground you during this time and I it's something I think about constantly when I'm overwhelmed is like Wow. Yeah, she opens with describing the hearing uh, with Congress at the first chapter of her book. And um, I actually made a point of going online and watching part of the hearing because I was like, I need to like, I need to see it. I need to feel it. I need to like, and I remember seeing excerpts from it when it happened, but I was like, I want to sit with this for like, you know, there's <sighs> only short clips on online, but I watched part of it and I was just like, love this woman like thank you well, i'm just like very... i'm overwhelmed with gratitude whenever i see her yeah and it reminds you of like the hillary benghazi trial like it's all very like how yeah. can we force these women you know to feel shame and to humiliate them and then they just look like stars because they don't go <laughs> they don't go down there yeah I, i'm really excited to talk about her book make trouble i really am enjoying it and i i just feel so overwhelmed with gratitude to her absolutely i love cecile richards um, also want to give out a shout out to um, Asada and Mariama Kamara. I was invited to go to an FGM um, all day conference that they were having about, you know, breaking your story and, and using your voice. And it was so humbling and so uh, beautiful to be part of that day that celebrated the voices of women who went through and have undergone FGM. And um I don't know. They're just they're they've been doing the work, and I so deeply admire them, and just want to give them some love. We and love some space. you. You guys should follow. There is no limit foundation on Instagram to support them. They do amazing, amazing work, and um, one of my sheroes. Love it. Spreading the love here on Beaver Talk. Yeah. I also want to give a shout out to Will and Grace. Um, I am living for the new reboot. I really love it. I haven't seen it. Everyone looks great. Everyone's hilarious. It's so funny. It's like, I think they're writing it almost like week to week because the jokes are so current and they're so like, yeah, exactly what's happening like in the headlines of like that moment. Amazing. It's so fun. And it just feels so good to laugh and it Mm. feels so good to like 
just see these people at the top of their game, like doing this show. It's I am absolutely loving it. And I highly suggest watching it on Hulu. I love it. Just Amazing. wanted to name that. I just checked it off my list because I was like, I need to get that in. Yeah, please do. Do you want to tell the big news? No. What? I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> People are going to have to wait for it. What? <laughs> You're so crazy. I know. People, you should know big news is coming. Ugh, it's big dream girl news. Yeah, big stuff. I mean, we alluded okay, to it in the past, <laughs> but I don't feel like talking about it anymore. Oh, boy. We're really down the beaver tail. Um, we could talk about Meryl Streep on Big Little Lies. We saw first look. You're making a face. You're yeah, I mean, we it. all know. I just don't think this needs to be happening. <laughs> Even after seeing the screenshot of Meryl? Yeah, I, that I might... I love that series so much. To me, that's almost like a perfect show. Mm-hmm. And Agreed. It's great. This feels like fan service, and I think they're going to do a good job. I trust. I trust Reese. I mean, I t- already told you I'd watch like four seasons of a garbage show to get into. So I, know. I think this is. I think it's worth it still for us. Yeah, we're very different about how we approach television. <laughs> so I trust Reese though, and I trust that like if there is a story to tell, then she does it. Like. I have to believe that. So I'm holding out hope. Do we know when it premieres? No. I think they're in they're I would think they're in post production if they're releasing screenshots of footage though already. Yeah. I don't know. I would I bet it's coming out this summer. Don't hold me to it. I don't know. Oh my god, the women of Monterey. Yeah. Also, did you hear that there's a new Whitney Houston yeah. documentary? I wanted to talk a about car- this. Excuse me. There's a new one. Yeah. I'm nervous. The first one was so good. Yeah, I liked it. We obviously liked the first one. We did an episode about it. I mean, we'll we'll see this one. Yeah. The, but it's, Weigh in. I don't know. It sounds kind of bogus to me. It kind of feels like the same movie when you watch the trailer. Did you feel the My same exact. way? And it's like, like now we got a big distribution budget. Well, they're like never before seen footage. I'm like, how? Yeah, how we already watched this in the first documentary. I don't think I'm going to give it money. <gasps> Interesting. Yeah. I'll watch it. I'd like to see what goes on. <laughs> I want to support I Whitney. I love it. That's not supporting Whitney. That's supporting the production company. Whatever. <laughs> no money is going to the Houston estate. <laughs> That's true. That's probably true. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Hot take. Yeah. Um, You had something else on your list that I feel like we haven't got to yet. Oh, you know what I had on my list was Handmaid's Tale. It comes out in a couple of weeks. It will be out by the time this episode's out. Wow. And uh, I'm excited for season two. It looks really scary. So, but I'm in the horror, I'm in the horror I vein. like that, that I can handle for some reason. <laughs> Although on a big screen, I probably couldn't. Oh man, that would be overwhelming on a big screen. Yeah. Alamo should do a screening of it on the big screen. That would be something else. Grease is coming back to the big I screen. I know, isn't that fun? I'm excited. It's <laughs> a fun summer movie. And Mary's never seen it. What? I know. That's RuPaul's favorite movie. Oh, so I'm like, we're going. For sure. That has to happen. I feel like Sal's probably, well. I don't know, his his pop culture history is neither here nor there. He might be in that boat, too. What does that mean, his pop culture he history? He wasn't, like, allowed to watch a lot of TV growing up and stuff. Oh. And, like, What's Sal's favorite movie? Uh-oh. Um, let me think about this. He really loves Knocked Up, which I hate, which we disagree about. Yeah. That I don't holds know. a weird I'm space g- for a lot of people. I'm going to have to come back to you on that one. All I, right. What's Umer's favorite movie? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he... Do you have a favorite movie? 
I have a lot of favorite movies. I have favorite movies for like different moods I'm in. Yeah. So I kind of like. I think I, I have. Jump thir- all over I think I have three. What are they? Legally Blonde. Duh! Best movie ever. Airplane. What? Is and it? Coming to America. <laughs> it's an eclectic I've mix. I've seen Coming to America. Well, I've seen Airplane thousands of times. What is when is Airplane? Airplane is. How do you describe it? It's like a... Who's in it? I don't even know how to answer that question. It's from like the 70s. And it's like a movie about an airplane that goes down. It's just a, it's a comedy and it's by the Zucker Brothers, right? And it's it's like the funniest thing you've ever seen in your life. Wow. It's amazing. Okay. Okay. I don't know though. Like I saw it when I was like 11. Mm-hmm which made it feel like the greatest movie of all time. And now mm-hmm. when I watch it, I, I ha- there's a definitely a nostalgia factor of like my right. family watching it. And like, so I don't know if it's totally, I, when I watch it now, I still think it's great. I don't know if it's yeah. today. Eh, it's either here or there. You don't know if it's probably time. quite problematic. Yeah, Ken is nodding, but I, it's a movie that I. That's why it wouldn't hold up because it's very problematic. Yeah. It's, but it's still very funny. The grandma talking jive. The nun with a guitar. It's a problematic how so. I'm sure it's racially problematic Uh, and like gender wise. I'm sure it's like. Got it. No good. Like at one point, there's just like a woman like topless, like running through the airplane for no reason. It was rated like PG. Cool. My family watched it together. The reason was to show the, to show that. The turbulence. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So there's a reason. Well, they they also showed Jell-O. They could have just ended there. No, yeah, <laughs> they want to just show us silicon. One step further. This is the '70s, baby. Yeah, and have you seen Coming to America? Yeah, Eddie Murphy. Mm-hmm. Classic, classic movie. You all queen. There's a lot of nostalgia for that movie in this city. It's always playing like at rooftops in the summer and stuff like that. Well, it's shot in New York, so that's probably so, yeah. why. Just like, just like some other. What are stuff. Your, some of your faves? I mean, Lily Blonde is right up there. Yeah. Um, I actually need to rewatch that movie. I've been trying to like coax people into watching it with me, but everyone's like, eh, we don't have the same love for it. I'm I like, always oh, watch it when I'm sick. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I feel like it's a feel good. I always feel good when I'm watching it yeah. when I finish it. Yeah, it's such a delight. It's one of those movies that just clips right along and it feels to me like it's 20 She's minutes. so funny. She's so funny in that movie. It's so funny. Just the whole thing is it, the vision Her for timing it. is so good. Yeah. Yeah, I, really I feel wish. like Reese needs to do more comedies. Yeah, her t- her t- com- her comedic timing is when she was on like the Chelsea Handler. Did you ever see those like late shows that they do about the Chelsea Handler show? And she would play a version of herself. No, I don't think so. Hysterical. Amazing, amazing. Yeah, she's really funny. We need to find Reese a good comedy. She could produce it herself now. I guess <laughs> she's probably producing a billion things. Yeah, she has just a few things on the plate. Um, what else is on your list? I thought that I had so much, and we've covered it all. Well, Saudi Arabia is lifting their ban, their movie theater ban, after 35 years. Phenomenal for Black Panther. Woo! Can you imagine being a movie so culturally relevant and influential that Saudi Arabia, who has kept people in the dark in the theaters for 35 years, is like, we got to get into Wakanda forever? <laughs> it's amazing. It's great. God damn, Ryan Coogler. Living your best life. Um, this is just a note that I have that says Tina Fey is so beautiful <laughs> and she needs to lean into her glam. I think she pretends to kind of be like a nerd and I'm over it. 
I think she's she a is stunning woman. Yeah, but I think she is a nerd. And I think that she. Yeah, but she pretends she's not beautiful. And it's like, we're all looking at the same Tina. Tina yeah. Fey. Yeah, I hear that. Just don't know. She talks about it in her book. Yeah. She's never comfortable getting glammed up for photo shoots and stuff. Kelly Clarkson says she'll fire her nanny if she shows her kids from Justin to Kelly. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Which I deeply respect. <laughs> Keep it on the lockdown, Kelly Clarkson. Um, I was also thinking that Spotify should have a sexist filter Ooh. so that I do not have to listen to any Chris ba- Brown or Fabulous or R. Kelly. Amen. Did you hear about what happened with Fabulous? No. What happened to Fabulous? He like deeply, deeply knocked teeth out of his wife's mouth, like horribly battered her. And she went to the court and it's like awful. And people on Twitter are like defending him. They're like, well, we don't know what she did. And it's like mm. a whole, we're seeing a whole, it reminds me a lot of um, Johnny Depp and his wife. Like it's it's disgusting. Yeah. And I never want to hear another fucking fabulous song again in my life. I mean, I can't believe that Chris Brown continues to just be hired by everybody. Get me a filter, Spotify. I do not want to listen to these assholes anymore. Yeah. I don't want them to get a fraction of my penny. Not anymore. Yeah. I mean, I think that that should, you should almost be able to like block people like you can on Facebook. A hundred percent. That would be a really A thousand percent. Yeah. I don't want any of my money, any of my attention, any of my time. Skip, skip, skip. Yeah. No, I'm right here for that. I'd also like to burn a bridge um, <laughs> with Sean Penn was on, you know, that Sunday morning show. Did we have bridges with Sean Penn? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's more about the, sh- the, the Sunday morning, like CBS show, that beautiful show that they do like great profiles of people. Yep. They fucking had Sean Penn on. Did they talk about his domestic abuse issues? Yeah, like, get him off there. What the hell? People continue to really like him. Yeah. Well, Do we need to keep a list for people? People are for quick to forget. Everyone's, like, idolizing Marlon Brando, like, young Marlon Brando. And I'm like, he was an abuser. I don't know why we forget this. It's all awful. Yeah, it's it really stresses me out because I constantly have to be this person that reminds people. I have to feminist my Wednesdays all the time. Always. Always. Always and often. Um, some Someone I'm praying for is Tom Cruise. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because the Mission Impossible movies are coming out. Uh-huh. And I really liked those when I was little. And he's trying to pull away from Scientology. Is he? Yeah. How? Ken's looking at me like he doesn't think this is true. Maybe I'm lying. Maybe I'm making this whole thing up. I heard that he's trying to distance himself, that he no longer wants to be part of this church. And I'm rooting for him. I hope, he can take, I hope he can take a break. Get a break. And I heard when Alec Baldwin was on set with him, because he's also part of the mission, of, like Tom Cruise would come to sets when he wasn't shooting. Like he just wants to be part of the cast. He's like really there well, rooting for people. Well, he's known as being a very hardworking and men- like he's a mentor on all of his sets. I love that. Yeah, he's he's like, this is the problem that so many people have is like he is a class act on set. And he does a huge thing to like, he does his own stunts. He like wants to know the, like he wants to know how everybody does their job. Like yeah. the grip, he'll like ask them how they're doing. Like, I love it. <laughs> yeah. He's, um, I will watch anything that man does. Kent's Googling this Scientology thing. So we'll get to the bottom of this. I think you made it up in one of your night terrors. Maybe it's possible. <laughs> I'm just deeply rooting for him and maybe I've imagined it. Well, he's done some stuff. I think he's pretty successful, but I'm sure he appreciates your support. <laughs> He's got my prayers. Love it. My thoughts and prayers. <laughs> uh, I do think we should tell people the news. Cool. I've doubled. I've circled back around. Right. Because that was a weird the thing that is, happened. The coffee's <laughs> kicking in. Um, dream girl. I was supposed to be like a drum roll. How do we do? Can we get an air horn? 
I'll keep this going forever <laughs> until we get an air horn. Bow, bow, bow. It's big news, Aaron. It's coming. I can feel it. I can feel it. I feel it coming. We're, we're giving Ken a lot of jobs today. Got it. <laughs> hey, that was sad. up. Beaver that was, Talk exclusive. That was sadder than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> You weren't even going to make this announcement. You don't get to play punches over the air horn. So Dream Girl, my documentary, our documentary, really, (laughs) everybody's, the people's documentary, (laughs) is coming to YouTube on May 9th. Ta-da. This is phenomenal. I'm so excited. We've done 300 community grassroots screenings. Four years since you started it. Yep. Long, long time coming. Yeah, May 9th, you can watch it on YouTube for all to see for free. It'll be so fun. It's so exciting. <laughs> it's so exciting. I'm really deeply, I feel like I'm a little bit in shock about it. And we're kind of just starting to take the steps to tell people like, you know, we're announcing in the newsletter, Diana's been helping me. I was telling Sal, like, we've been writing and rewriting the newsletters. Like, I spent hours on these things, like making sure the words are correct with how we want to articulate what this means and why we're doing it. So um, it's really exciting for sure. We'll have to do another deep dive um, about the documentary. I want to do one of those like behind the scenes videos where we talk about like the different shots and stuff like that and really get into it. So more dream girl stuff to come guys. And if you want to see it, you can see it soon. Woohoo! May 9th. It's coming. Mark your journals your calendars your diaries your dream boards oh, it's all coming clara annie mariama all their stories for you they're all coming to you on youtube i can't wait very excited it'll be awesome i'll very be totally excited. dead don't even magnetize that you're I'm gonna, gonna feel be, such a release don't even you don't think i'll just be like no, i think paralyzed be, no i don't i think it's gonna be okay i'll be at mcdonald's <laughs> oh if you do go invite me <laughs> i'm down for mcdonald's celebratory mcdonald's yeah all right lady all right well the time has come to say happy feminist wednesday oh boy oh man but before we do make sure that if you like the podcast you rate it and review it on itunes and tell a friend it helps our other betties find the show and if you have a show or movie you want us to watch or review or judge or you just want us to give you unsolicited advice about your life I'm ready to do that for you. I'm so always happy to judge. Email us at beavertalkpodcast at gmail.com. And thanks so much to the Atlantic Transmission Podcast Network, our little home here, our beaver Kent. den. And thanks, Kent. Kent. Did we ever figure out about the Scientology thing? It's questionable. It's questionable. Guys, let's Just all, like Scientology let's, itself. <laughs> let's put it out there in the universe. I love it. Happy Feminist Wednesday. It. Happy Feminist Wednesday. Attention Springwood, my name is Josh Krebs. And I'm Liz Richards. And we're the hosts of Bloody Date Night. So Josh and I have been dating for four years, and Josh loves horror movies, and I hate him. Yeah, so each episode we go through the horror movie franchise canon to watch an episode and then meet up and we discuss it together. And so far it's been going pretty well, right Liz? I think it's gone pretty well so far. Yeah, each episode I try to see how far I can push Liz to watch a really good horror movie until she basically leaves me and it hasn't worked yet. Not yet. And it's awesome because you're the Tatum to my Sydney. You're sweet. And here's a clip from one of our recent episodes. 
Hello, I'm Exposition. Hey, let me, t- let me tell you what just happened. There's a break-in at this costume store. Somebody stole some ropes, some knives. Somebody stole a mask. They stole $250. <laughs> they scared a cat. They took two boas. They took two boas. Two feather boas, one uh, set of angel wings. It's one of those goddamn... They're probably having a burlesque. <laughs> probably doing a burlesque show later. I don't know. Oh, Haddonfield. What isn't happening? Haddonfield's first burlesque club. <laughs> That'd be amazing. I would love that. Um, the Lacey Pumpkin. The la- Ooh. This has been an Atlantic Transmission production. Hey!